Hey guys, this is The Gathering Podcast. Really glad you've decided to check us out. We have teachings from Sunday mornings. We have what we call cold reading, where we read scripture that we'll be looking at this coming Sunday. And occasionally we'll have a testimonial or an interview with somebody who helps with The Gathering. Hope that you enjoy this, and let's dive into today's content. All right, well this morning... If you're looking at the screen, the grace of giving, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Give, talking about giving is like the most nerve-wracking thing for me. It is not one of my like, yes, I can't wait to talk about giving and you know make people feel uncomfortable and make them feel like they're not giving enough. And that is not my goal at all this morning, okay? So before you break out your checkbook, you know, <laughs> I want to I set the stage because I, I've struggled with giving my whole life and, and it's not been easy. And, and sometimes it's because, you know, you, you just, you, you feel like you don't have enough and you feel stressed and you feel like, man, I, I just, I just can't give. And, and sometimes it's, it's just, I, I look at the people that where's, where's the money going? And that's kind of the thing these days. We're very, we're, we're, we're having trust issues sometimes. And we're wondering, you know, if, is what I'm giving to, you know, is it a worthy cause? And, and we're going to kind of talk about that. This isn't a, a, a sermon to, to increase giving to the church, to get you on a pledge drive or anything like that. But I do want to take a, a look at giving because it is a part of growing as a Christian. Growing and, and realizing that, I know it sounds cliche, but it is better to give than receive is true and it is a biblical principle. And as, as we look at where we're growing in our faith, do we, do we give? Does it flow out of our hearts? Not just money, although that is a big one. Because unfortunately, a lot of us, you know, money is, is just, it's so central to our lives. And, and I, I think that would be every one of us, you know. But what else does God call us to give? And how do we give from ourselves to others? So I want to read through our scripture this morning. We'll, we'll just kind of put it out there. We'll read through it and we'll get that passage loaded in our mind. And we're going to talk about this. And, and there's, there's actually some really... And in the way I read it, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air, the way Paul talks about giving in this. And, and I think it can challenge the standard that maybe a lot of us have grown up with and how we've thought of giving when it comes to our faith. So 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verses 7 through 15 is going to be our main passage. We're just going to read through this. And then in, in true spirit, we'll just kind of break down a few things and go through the passage together. So 2 Corinthians 8, verses 7 through 15, it says this. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you. I'm not commanding you. That's a big one. But I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnest of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that, through, that though He was rich, Yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work, so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. 
as it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. So there's a couple things in there that I think stand out to us, and that when we get down to it, materialism has no place in a Christian's heart. And that can be hard because we, we are surrounded in a very materialistic society. And everywhere you look, there's a commercial to try and get you to buy something, to try and get you to, to have something. And, and even churches can be commercialized and try and get you to, to, to buy into their product or whatever. But this is, this is not what we're talking about this morning. I want to set a couple of things down on the table that I think if, if we start with these ground rules, they'll help us to, to, to realize what our heart needs to be aligned with when it comes to giving. Number one, okay, and this is kind of goes without saying, but I think we need to set it up first of all. God does not need your money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. This, this giving thing isn't about gaining anything with him. It's not about getting under his good graces and, and earning a spot of favor, you know, in the table when we give to him. Christians that give a million dollars, Christians that give five dollars, they, they're not seen as, as favorites because they've given more. This is, a, this is a big part of the scripture when he goes in, and we'll get to it in a little bit. But we need to understand that what we're doing to give is not for God's benefit. It's for our benefit. When we give, it's not to get for God to get anything, but for us to have that ability to turn away from our selfishness and give to others. And the second thing is, where is your treasure? And I don't have this scripture up there, but I want to go back to it. It just always reminds me, whenever, whenever these kinds of situations come up and I find myself struggling and dealing with these things, this scripture just seems to always be floating around my mind. And I'm not saying that God, you know, guilts me with it, but it's just one of those things that comes to my mind and often is, is kind of that, that challenging point to remind myself. But Matthew six nineteen through 21, I'm just going to read it for you. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if we set this principle in line also, it's going to help us to remember when we do get something, it is a blessing from the Lord. It is to be enjoyed. But that is not something for us to hold on to so tightly and to, to just take it, you know, and, and think that it's for me and, and, and it's mine. And we kind of become like Gollum, you know, from the Lord of the Rings who he gets so consumed with his, his ring that it just, it consumes him. Material things don't master us. Money doesn't master us. It's a good tool and it's something that God blesses people with to be able to use. And the funny thing is, is that somebody who doesn't know how to use money, you could give them a million dollars, they won't have that million dollars very long. God is, God is wise in how he gives and the person that's going to be good with money, they're going to, t they're going to be able to manage money and they're going to have. And, and the other thing is, is that when we talk about giving is we can't look at, at look at it like the haves and the haves not. You know, we don't look at people who do have things and, and covet after what they have and say, oh, well, you should be given to me. No, that, that's not the idea either. We shouldn't look at people that don't have and, and we don't understand their circumstances. You know, this scripture doesn't mean that we also all have to take a vow of poverty, but we do need to make sure that we keep our heart in check and that we do realize that there is a calling on our lives when it comes to giving. 
Now, scripture to, the Scripture today in the context of 2 Corinthians, Paul's been writing to this church, and, and Corinthians, the church, if, if you know anything from the history, man, they are a church that's all over the place. Sometimes they are awesome. They're on fire. They're doing great, amazing things. All through this letter, Paul has written, and he's commended them. He's like, you guys are amazing. You're awesome. You're doing, you're doing great. And then there's times where, man, they're, they're royally screwed up. And they're making mistakes, and, and he writes to him, and he's like, man, you guys are, are off the rails wrong in this direction. But he doesn't stop loving them. And Jesus doesn't stop loving them. And so in this letter where we've been going these last few chapters is, is Paul has been focusing in on that eternal perspective, making sure that we do keep our eyes not just on what's here, but also focus on what's forward. Now that does mean that we do need to be good stewards of what we have the things that are given to us, and, and we don't just make foolish decisions in this life with, with the material things. That's, that's part of the test. You know, Proverbs says that if you want to test a man's righteousness, give him praise. So what's given to us in this life is a part of God measuring how we're going to handle those things. Are we going to be faithful with them, or are we going to squander them? He starts this with verse 7. He praises this church. He talks to them. He says, look, you guys are excelling in everything. Your faith, your speech, knowledge, you know, you're, you're an earnest people and in love. You know, in other words, these, these believers in this church that he's talking to, these guys are the real deal. They're, they're, they're living out their faith. They're going. But he challenges them. But he says, see that you excel also in the grace of giving. And, and I think this is important because a lot of times in church, we come into this place and we receive, we receive, we receive. We, we grow in our faith. We grow in our knowledge. We, we, we get loved on and, and, and that's where it stops. And, and I'm not just talking about money. What are we taking out into the world around us? What are we taking out into our community? Sometimes people use giving almost as an excuse not to get dirty. You know, we, we, we think we can just throw money at problems when, when what somebody might need is they, they might just need some time from you. They might need somebody to give of themselves and be earnest with them while they're dealing with the struggle, while they're going through a divorce, while they're going through a heartbroken situation, when they're dealing with, with um, cancer, when they're fighting and struggling in their lives, and what they need is someone to give of themselves. Now, we can't use that as a crutch and an excuse not to give because sometimes some people need, they need financial help. They need assistance. And, and the church was different back then. You know, they didn't necessarily have, um, they didn't have quite the economic system that we have set up these days. And uh, they also didn't have like paid staff people and things like that running around in churches. And, and really what they were doing was looking out for others, looking out for the needs of others and seeing those kinds of things done. And this is the type of giving that I really want to focus in on here. So if you were like, Sam's just asking for money for the church, I really want to set that type of giving aside. And that's, that's a conversation for another day. But as I read the scripture, as I interpret what's going on, is Paul is writing because there's, there's been a famine and there's been some challenging times for some other people in the world. And as Christians, they're like, look, we need to help them. Don't forget that they helped you before. And don't forget that, that you're not always going to be on top. That there may be a place where, where you're going to struggle and they're going to provide for your need. And, and in, your str- in their struggle, you can provide for them. But as part of the eternal perspective that we've been talking about the last few weeks, do we realize that it's not just about me? Sometimes Christianity becomes just about me getting myself right and me making sure that it's good up here. And then we completely forget that there's a calling also to encourage our fellow believers to look out for the needs of those around us 
and to see how we can use our gifts, our blessings, our time, our hands to be a blessing to others. You know that the teenagers are about to run around town and they're, they're really about to be giving, you know, to others. They're going to be cutting down. And, and man, I, I don't say this to brag anything about me. I felt, I felt like two inches tall when I was standing there talking to some of these ladies as they're sharing. You know, one lady lost her husband this last year and, and she said, it's just been hard. And she said, I'm sorry the yard looks so bad. And I was trying not to cry. I'm like, man, don't, we're here to serve you. We're going to love on you. We're going to do these things for you. And, and, and that's part of giving. Looking out for your neighbor. And, and it doesn't just have to be some stranger on the street. I mean, God, man, maybe if you live in the country, it's different. But God's put somebody on the left side of your house and the right side of your house for a reason. And, and you may know some of their struggles and you may know some of the things that are going on in their life. One time I had a neighbor, man, him and his wife, they blew up. It, not a neighbor here in town. So in case you go by, like looking at my neighbors, you know, it was way, way, man, they blew up and they came out. And I was like taking the trash out. And I was like, I'm praying for y'all. That's all I could say. And, and, and those kinds of situations happen. Not that we get nosy and get into people's life. We certainly don't, you know, spread the rumor mill. But God has put those people in your life for a reason. Your co-workers. I mean, there, there's usually there's those people that you spend so much time with that you know when something's wrong. And could it be that God's put you there to give them something? To give them something. So we struggle. We certainly do struggle. And I want to talk about I want to talk about money. I have to get here at some point. But do you hold on to your money? Is it just for yourself? Do you set aside intentionally some money for others? Do you serve others with what you've been given? This is a a struggle sometimes. Now, we're going to go through these scriptures and we're going to unpack a few things that I hope will help you understand my heart when I'm talking about giving. And for some of you guys, you know, I, I don't know. You may, you may be rock solid in giving, and this may be like, ah, yeah, we know that. We got that. That's awesome. That makes me feel a lot better. You know, if you walk away, if you feel like you've been crushed by the weight of this sermon, please don't know that's not God's intention. But there may be things in your heart that He is working on. I know there are things in my heart that He's working on. I know that there are things when, when I'm preparing for the sermon, I'm studying for the sermon, that I felt convicted about and that I want to work on, that I want to get better at. First of all, let's go through it. Verse 8, Paul says, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. A lot of times in church, we can see what other people are doing. We can, we can see other churches start growing and building stuff, and, and, and that can maybe start some kind of like competition. You know? We, we shouldn't do that. And we shouldn't realize, though, what we should realize, though, is that as we give, we should be earnest about it. Somebody says we're going to give, and this, this kind of goes back to a story in Acts about Ananias and Sapphira. Um, a, a wealthy man, Barnabas, there was, a, there was a famine, and he sold his farm so that he could help feed some people. Well, this other couple decides, well, we're going to sell our farm, and, and we're going to help people. And the problem is, is, is that they kept some of that money and they, they decided to make it all about them and say, look at us. We're just like Barnabas. We're selling our land to help others. And, and that's not what God wants us to be doing. But we're not commanded to give. We're not forced to give. This, this is a pure heart issue that God wants to see. You know, what are you going to do with what's been given you? What are you going to do? 
And he points back to Jesus. He sets the standard of where our giving should be. It shouldn't just be to compare ourselves to others, but look at Jesus. For you know the grace of God, verse 9, for you know the grace of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. When we struggle with giving, when we think about this, go back to look at Jesus. Look at what he gave for you. Look at how he did it. And realize that if that's our, if that's our Savior, if that's our Lord, then we, we can live like that also. And he goes on. He said, here's my, ad, uh, <clears throat> here's my advice, verse 10, about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. You've got to want to give. It's not about compulsion. Um, it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, uh, let me read it for you real quick. I just put this as a footnote, but it's, it's one of the best passages about giving. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, if, if somebody's guilting you into giving, I, I would say step back because you're going to disobey God's command, you know, by giving in that situation. Decide in your heart. Think about it. Remember that the heart, they didn't have a concept of a brain in Israel. So when it says heart here, it doesn't just mean emotionally. It, it means to, to, to decide inside with conviction where you want to give, who you want to give to, and not under compulsion, not just flippantly. Think about what you're going to do and think about who you're going to give to. So he says this. He says, finish the work, not just to have the desire, because it's quoted that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know, where you desire to give, finish the work so that your eager, your eager willingness to do, to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. Verse 12, for if the willingness is there, the gift is accept, acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. The gift you give does not need to be compared to somebody else. You got, you got a friend struggling to pay their electric bill and, and you give them 20 bucks because that's what you've got? Man, that's awesome. You, you see the, the commercial on TV that, that talks about cancer research and you decide you're going to make monthly commitments of $1,000. That's awesome. What is God giving you and how can you use it? Maybe, maybe you buy that friend lunch. What has God given you and how are you going to use it? The worst thing is, is that we sit there and we think that, well, when I get to this point, then I'll be a giver. That never happens. It has to start. Start in the small ways. Start in the places where you're at and make giving part of your life. Don't squander the gifts that God has given you. And this, this may be like the best, most relieving part of today's scripture, but in verse 13 it says, Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed. You know, our, our goal isn't to just crush everybody. Our goal is for, for you to be able to give. You know, we want people to be, to be able to give out of their abundance, to bless others. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be a time when you're struggling and you're hurting and God might put it on your heart to give, that he might test you. That he might see, will you believe my faithfulness back to you? Because that's the best part about giving. That God says, as you give, I will give back to you. Greater than what you've put in. But do we trust him with that? That's the hard thing. So, yes, today has been 
probably a little more challenging. Maybe not the, the, the message that you wanted to hear to feel charged and to go and, and be like, yes, I feel like that message spoke to me and I feel so encouraged and, and I want to go out and, and share it with the Lord. But you know what? Sometimes, sometimes we've got to have these conversations and we have to realize that, that it's not just about how we feel. There's action that comes with it. There's, there's actually living out your faith, saying one thing and doing something can be two completely different things. But the grace of giving, the grace, the undeserved grace that God has given us should move us in our hearts. Not just to be tunnel visioned and keep our eyes on our own, our own future, on our own lives, but to realize that God has called us to walk together. And, and I'll leave you with this if you want some encouragement. Don't, don't feel you have to give here. But you should be giving somewhere. You should be giving somewhere. And if you have to sit back and say, why do I struggle with giving? And take stock of it. Measure your heart and see what, what God wants you to do. What He wants you to change. That's part of being a Christian too. It's realizing that we have, we have faults and we have errors. He's given us all something. He's given us something, and He's expecting us to use it, not just for ourselves, but for others, to love others. And ultimately, so that when people look at us, they're not just seeing us, they're seeing Jesus. So think about that this week as you go out. Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much for Your grace, Your mercy, that You have given us so, so much. And God, it's, it's not that we're trying to repay You, that we're trying to earn back what You have given us. But God, I pray that You would, you would open our hearts and our eyes to see how we can be givers. And show us what we need to be giving. If it's of our finances, if it's of our means, then help us to be excellent givers. If it's with our time, it's, if it's with our talents, then let us do so humbly. But God, above all, let us realize that we're not to live selfishly. That we're to take all the blessings that you have given to us and to use them as a blessing for others. Lord, we trust you. We love you. We thank you so much for what you have done in our lives and what you will continue to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray and ask for his guidance every step. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for joining us again and look forward to hopefully seeing you one day at the gathering or if you're just a digital subscriber, keep listening. Send us your prayer request and uh, reach out to us if you need anything. Have a blessed week.